If you make it to the end of this podcast, you'll earn your meandering conversation badge. We're talking Troop Beverly Hills on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kidflix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and boff the blonde and the English tutor with the tummy tuck and the daughter. Um, <laughs> that is the w- one of the only lines in this movie that I was like, I need to write that down because that is a tongue twister. Um, but <laughs> to talk about this movie today, uh, I have uh, uh, a great person, a friend of mine, uh, comedian Anthony Barone. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Ross. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am good. I am having a happy Sunday. Yes. Okay. So, uh, look, to, uh, you know, address the elephant in the room, or should I say the donkey in the room? Boom. Um, (laughs) I just thought of that now, and I'm going to keep it forever. Um, Yeah, so I I took a break uh, from this podcast because, you know, pandemic stuff and uh, election stuff, both combining, uh, were making me absolutely miserable. So. We took a little siesta, and then uh, once uh, things kind of started looking up in terms of uh, a uh, Trump kickout and a Biden presidency, I realized, you know what, let's get back into recording this podcast. And uh, Anthony, I asked you, I think, a a month and a half ago, and then uh, we finally got around to doing it. Um, So yeah, thank you for being patient, Anthony. And also thank you, listeners, uh, for being patient. Um, So we're talking about the 1989 uh, movie uh, Troop Beverly Hills. So tell me a little bit about, uh, Anthony, why you chose this movie. What what does it uh, mean to you? So you were very gracious in saying that the delay was due to your fault in the election. The delay was purely <laughs> due to me not being able to pick a movie. It's hard. Uh, <laughs> you had some good options. It is. I had really good options. And then I had one that I couldn't remember the name of. And you were like, we already did that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you wanted to do Smart House, which honestly, yeah, Smart House. I'll do, I, I would do that again. It was a good one. I feel like it deserves another dive. But yep. um, yeah, no, I wound up with Troop Beverly Hills just because I didn't remember like the entire movie. I remember that it just made me happy watching it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I was like, oh, I think it's something that I would probably watch again. And um, I have teenage nieces and my sister was asking for movie recommendations like a year or two ago for them. And that was one that I threw out. And now watching it, I'm like, oh, okay, no, that's like a pretty solid movie. So <laughs> I just, yeah, I just remember like the joy. Yeah, this is, um, so I was watching this this afternoon and like the thing that strikes me right off the bat is how just campy it is. Like um, I recently watched uh uh, Death Becomes Her for the first time. And I feel yes. like you could watch this movie, probably not in the same go, but like if you're doing a weekend of just 80s um, diva camp movies, like this is right up there. Like, Yeah, um, it was 100%. It was everything you wanted it to be. Like, yes. And nothing more. Like, well, <laughs> well, what I love about this movie, um, like I forgot that this was a trope but it's the uh, the whole thing of like um, rich lady who only knows about clothes and her getting thrust into the real world. Yeah, so I had a chance. I was doing a deep dive this afternoon and I read the original New York Times review of this movie. 
Yeah. And apparently it came out right after G.I. Jane with oh. like Demi Moore, where she like the serious movie where she like shaved her head and like. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, it's in the vein of G.I. Jane. And I was like, no, it's not at all. <laughs> like, we have to talk about just all of the amazing hair, all of the outfits. Every single person is just so over the top. Like I'm saying, like I was saying, it's it's kind of the whole uh, just uh very posh debonair woman like this whole like uh stereotype of beverly hills that i don't know if i've ever heard in real life from actual people but it always exists just in movies like this yeah so i was watching it and i felt like i was watching an episode of the real housewives of beverly hills like (laughs) the parties that they throw like the cast of characters that's always there. Like I guarantee that all of these girls grew up and at least auditioned for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills if if they didn't make it on. Yes. Well, there are a lot of people that the names I recognize, but then their actual casting, I don't really know. Like there's a couple people from Beverly Hills, 90210 that's in here. Uh, like Jenny mm-hmm. Lewis, this was her first movie. Um Tori Spelling. This was her first movie. Her first. You don't know who Tori role. Spelling is. Um, I don't. I know Are you the name. Serious? I'm How so- do you know, you know the name Tori Spelling? Yes. So okay, looking at her IMDb, I of course <sighs> know her from Scary Movie Two. Okay, Tori Spelling is the heiress to both the Spelling fortune and later the Benihana fortune. Oh, she, okay. Her dad this is, is Aaron Spelling. Like, who wrote 90210, or created 90210, Melrose Place, Dynasty, maybe? Yeah, um, Seventh Heaven, Charmed, um, Heart to Heart. Okay, yeah. so this is, this is a family dynasty that I'll, okay, I'll learn, I'll figure it out. Yes, we will talk about, next time we're going to do um, Selling Spelling, which is when Candy Spelling, <laughs> Tori's mom, sells her house. She got a whole TV show about it. Um, yes, so there was definitely a cast of characters. This was Tori Spelling's first movie um, ever. And then it was somebody else's first movie. It, um, let's, I think, I think it was Jenny Lewis. There, there was somebody that I remember in the, uh, the credits that they were like, that's her. Yeah, they said Jenny Lewis got like the introducing role. Um, got it, it also had Carla Gugino. Now, who did she play? I had to write all their names down. Yeah, that's fair. I do not know any of the kids' <laughs> names at all. But she's, I know her as the mom from uh, Spy Kids. In this movie, she's okay. uh, she's Chica. Okay. Did you recognize Shelley Morrison? Rosa? Um, okay. So I, I had to look her up, and I did recognize her from Will and Grace. Yes, she she made a big transition from playing Rosa in Troop Beverly Hills to playing Rosario in yeah. Will and Grace. Yes. <laughs> I mean, good for her. Um, she also, so weird, um, like, cross-section of my interests, she also uh, does a voice in this computer-animated movie called Food Fight, which uh, I have tried several times to get people to review on the podcast, but no one wants to. And it was basically... Um, some corporation trying to capitalize off of Toy Story, where it's like, oh, all of these famous toys in a movie together. And so they did one where it's like all of the famous supermarket brands uh, oh. like hanging out together. And, Interesting. Oh, it's garbage. The, um, <laughs> the animation 
is like hard to watch. Um, Hilary Duff uh, plays a cat mascot for a raisins. Okay. Um, Wayne Brady plays a squirrel that is uh, chocolate. Like literally they call him a chocolate squirrel because I guess that's some like generic brand of something. Um, <laughs> they, like the people that are in this movie, in, including uh, our beloved Shelley Morrison, include like Jerry Stiller, Ed Asner, Eva Longoria, Christopher Lloyd. It's It's a real who's who of like who needed money at the moment. Yeah, who needed rent? That must have been filmed on like the 30th or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, let's get it done. Um, but yeah, so uh, so yes, to make this relevant to what we're talking about, uh, Shelley Morrison voiced a character called Lola Frutola, which oh. uh, I believe is just like some generic Coca Copacabana person, like the like the La Chiquita uh, La lady. La Chiquita banana. Yeah, so... Uh, check that out if you want to see more of uh shelly morrison if you loved her as rosa um i will say i do i do know who shelly long and craig t nelson are so like i'm not completely in the dark when it comes to these people yes i did not it i never put two and two together that it was shelly long that was in this movie Mm -hmm. and then like i just remember the mom and i remember like loving her and then i didn't realize that she went on to play carol brady too yeah, and I think uh, it was directed by yes, yeah. So Velma. Jeff, yes, uh, and that's that's like a movie I, <laughs> I've also never seen an actual episode of the Brady Bunch. I've only seen like the postmodern Brady Bunch oh. movie. But I feel like I'm not really missing out. Like if I'm wrong, then at me. But I feel like I don't need to. Yeah, I think you're fine with the movie. Okay, the movie sums it up. They do a good job. Oh, good. Yeah. And then, uh, and Shelley Long, of course, is known for Cheers and stuff. Were you were you into Cheers at all? No, I never. I went to Cheers when I was in Boston just because I felt Same. like you had to. But, like, I never watched it. That Honestly, like... give it a watch. It's, like, kind of good. Really? It's It's just, like, very charming. Like, she has a very similar attitude in Cheers as she has in this of just kind of like um, a holier than thou woman. But uh, she kind of gets like, actually same as in uh, true Beverly Hills. Like she gets knocked off of her high horse and has to deal with like reality and like slumming with not the rich as rich, even though that that doesn't really happen in this movie, but right. uh, <laughs> she has to talk to people that are like, I don't know, making only five figures a year. Right. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> A growth story. Yeah, I mean, she married. She married big. She married Freddie Neffler, the uh, like muffler king of the okay. Bay Area. Here's what I can't figure out. Okay, go, <laughs> please. So they're getting in a fight, and she's like, "Oh, I clipped coupons to put you through law school." And then, oh, yeah, she's like, "I clipped coupons to put you through law school," and then you made the muffler commercial. And I'm like, "Is he an actor?" Like any so, commercials? Does he have a store? I'm so confused about his money. So according to Wikipedia, Freddie Neffler is an entrepreneur. So okay. that makes me think, because I that's a good catch. I did not catch that. But my guess is that he went to law school to become a lawyer and ended up like patenting some sort of muffler device or he owned or bought like some sort of 
regional auto shop business. Like it says that he owns an auto shop chain. So okay. I guess connecting the pieces. I, they also could have just made it a lot simpler, but I think they wanted Craig T. Nelson to be like in a muffler costume because that, that's always an easy laugh. Right. And it's not as good. Like I clipped coupons so you could buy your first muffler. Like, you know, <laughs> you needed it to be like consistent and show yeah. a lot of uh, sacrifice. So now respect uh, Pamela Norris. That was a good writing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, this movie starts very uh, suddenly with a long animated sequence, which that's a lost art form of really long, just like, Let's get let's do some previews of what this movie has in store. And it's just like little silly situations out of a mad magazine almost. Oh, and do you know the animator who animated Shelley Long in this in that intro? Do you know what he went on to do? I certainly do. Yes. Uh, this is now disgraced creep animator John Kay, who Oh, I didn't uh, know he was a creep. Yeah. Oh, oh, you Look him oh, up okay. after the podcast. Uh, episode, but right. let's say he's, we're not going to be talking about him, uh, oh, his okay, work on Kidflex. No, 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 we could talk about him. He sucks. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so he's uh, famously, he, the next year, uh, Ren and Stimpy, his creation, uh, kind of came out and became this huge phenomenon. Um, well, I'm going to have to update the IMDb trivia because they made it sound like it was an honor that he drew Shelley Long. So. <laughs> <laughs> It, I mean, it certainly was. Uh, also, weird. I, speaking of IMDb, a uh, similar fact: this was one of three movies in 1989 <laughs> to have an animated opening sequence. Um, the other two are "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" and "Christmas Vacation." I just feel like there had to be another like straight-to-video movie that they're missing out on. Like, oh, I'm sure. Can you really definitively say that only three movies in an <laughs> entire year? Like, who did that research? I, I, I'm i sure, like, the Look Who's Talking franchise, I'm sure that there was some animated bullshit at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I think, actually, I, I think that's probably my version of this movie. So this was my first time seeing uh, Be- True Beverly Hills. But I think in terms of, like, a movie that kind of is for kids and features huge sitcom stars, that was mine. And... I watched it a few years ago and it it's it makes no sense. It's crazy. It's just like the whole movie is just like kids what if kids could talk but they have adult voices. Right. And that's it. Um, <laughs> I just remember when he tried to start the car with the pretzel. <laughs> yep. Like that's the only thing I remember from that movie. I think that's a like, that's a good bit. Yeah. Um <laughs> can we also talk about how horny this movie is? <laughs> Anthony, I was not ready for how horned like everybody's talking about getting some. The one girl, her mom is like a famous erotica novelist, and she the daughter yes. like helps her write. So that is wait, who was that? That's Claire. Yes. That reminded me, like her character um reminded me of like um Meryl Streep's character in She Devil. Like where oh. she wrote like the erotic fiction or the romance novels, whatever. Yeah. But she did not have children involved in writing it. Like that was creepy. <laughs> also, like I I barely talk about relationships or anything with my parents. I cannot imagine being like, Mom, let me help pitch this storyline about getting plowed or whatever. Like I, I I wish I wrote down what 
the line was that the daughter pitched her, but I was like, Jesus Christ. And it's like something about his member. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. She, uh, she didn't quite like mime it, but she was close to miming it. And I was like, ew, stop it. And then there was this whole like subplot where the daughter was like supposed to be like a teenage or a child star. Yes. And like she wasn't going on set. It, it gave me like um, Dina Lowen and Lindsay Lowen energy. Like mm. I feel like that's their relationship. <laughs> well, also this girl. So the, the actor we're talking about is Amy Foster. And she reminds me so much. And I'm blanking on her name. But the actor that plays uh, DJ on Full House. Oh, Candace Cameron. Yeah, she's got big yeah. Candace Cameron energy, and they like just had the same bang, like yeah, <laughs> and that's that's enough in my eyes. Um, oh, weird. Amy Foster was on an episode of Full House, so <gasps> it all comes full circle. Very interesting, and even yeah. crazier. They call, uh, according to Wikipedia, one of the producers calls Full House the Brady Bunch of the '90s, bringing it all full circle wow. to show. And that's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> we're back on our bullshit here on Kiflis. <laughs> Sorry, what, what were you going to say? Oh, um, I was just talking about like how all of the girls, like how they arrived. It was very interesting because like you got like a 30 second glimpse of what their personality was supposed to be. Like yeah. based on who their parents were. And, like, the one that I felt the worst for was Emily. That's played by Kelly Martin, who goes on to, like, ER and um, actually has, like, a pretty solid career after this. But she's mm-hmm. the one with the poor actor dad. Yeah. And, <laughs> but on the bright side, at the end, he's like, hey, uh, so uh, your mom really helped me get this role. So, uh, really, uh, kudos to her. Yeah. He he had the worst introduction because, like, not only does he, like, have to be poor, but did you notice that his car was, like, smoking and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Like, and he's they, like, like really driven him. And he was trying to like save face and be like, uh, sorry, sweetie, I can't really stay. I have to go to an audition. And then she goes, You mean the unemployment office? And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she uh-huh. definitely I mean, they that that's an interesting dynamic. I wonder which one is more unhealthy, like that one or the one that writes erotica with her mom. Like <laughs> uh, well, there's um oh my god, what is her name? Um the the jasmine i believe uh the daughter of uh like the the boxer like they get pulled over by a cop and she just goes full force at him like do you know who you just pulled over yeah i was like that's a lot of sass like even like his wife was just sitting there like okay get the ticket and she was like i am not letting my dad get a ticket i'm glad you thought he was a boxer because i couldn't tell if he was like a boxer or a wrestler so it's it's literally just because i'm on the wikipedia and it's his well-known boxer honestly i wrote down um orthodontist i yes i could have sworn that she said something about like when she said like right between yeah i assumed that that meant like oh he fixes teeth yeah, that was all over the place. She she got him out of the ticket, though. I mean. <laughs> yeah, and then later in the movie, she uh, does her best Tina Turner impression. Oh, I mean, what like a bad scene. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. That, that scene straight up sucks shit. So, okay. So this is like another fun. There's so many fun like tropes in this movie. One of them uh, being like a weird original musical number. Um, and like, I don't know why, but I was getting such like weird vibes from it because like, it's a song about, um, the girls are all stationed in the middle of the, of Beverly Hills, I guess. And they 
need to sell cookies. And it's just like this weird song, this like weird glam rock song about cookies. And like Shelly Long is dancing and she has like a weird solo in it. And like, it's so, I I don't understand why they did that. I mean, I get it, whatever. I mean, they had to sell cookies. They had never sold cookies before. Do you know how hard it is to sell carbs in Beverly Hills? Oh, like they had me. to have a song and dance. Oh, they have to do it all this whole just <laughs> this whole guys of like it's actually like tan is really in style right now and like these are artisan like <laughs> uh and then yeah there's like that this also like barely part of the movie halfway through the movie it seemed like things were winding down and I saw that there was 47 minutes left and I was like what is going to happen next like cuz half of the movie is just Shelley Long is like a troop leader, but she does it her own way and, uh, you know, teaches them like diamond appraisal as a badge. And then it becomes a movie about troop espionage. And then it becomes cookie selling. And then it becomes like, you know what? Maybe this divorce isn't final after all. Yeah, there's a lot of stories. I went into this movie and I was like, oh, am I going to come in as like the adult? And we haven't even brought them up, but like, am I going to be like, oh, look, the red feathers were like prepared. They should have won. <laughs> like these idiots just like kind of popped up and messed around. But after watching it, I was like, look, she taught them life skills that they're going to need. Like they don't need to know how to tie a knot. They need to know how to appraise a diamond. Well, know? I mean, life skills uh, between Phyllis Neffler and Velda Plender Ugh. are very different. So Velda Plender is like the uh she runs a rival troop and I think she's also like an assistant director of the uh like general girls club. They can't call it the Girl Scouts. It's the Wilderness right. Girls. Um yes. and so she's she's like the head counselor in Meatballs just kind of like waggling her <laughs> fist the entire time. Um <laughs> And yeah, the entire, like, she's just like, we have to send somebody undercover. Like, this woman thinks that she can lead a troop. Huh. If her nails are done being manicured, maybe. <laughs> it's, uh it's so snide. And uh, I don't know if there's any drag queens that base their entire persona off of Velda, but I implore you to, if you haven't. I hope so. I mean, I think that that is a personality type that needs to be investigated and somebody needs to do a deep dive like this is all did you notice and if, if you read the imdb trivia they brought up that she always wears a purple heart so she yeah. was like injured in battle <laughs> like, just... <laughs> yeah she she's like so, uh, she's definitely yeah she's ruthless ruthless she also keeps hinting that she was in the military and that by going along with her her troop will get fast tracks into the military yeah, she was like, I can get you into West Point at some point. Like, and um, yeah, she, she's um, an interesting character. She is. She also she also makes a snide comment at the very beginning of the movie. And it doesn't, I, I wrote it down and maybe I misheard it because I misheard that orthodontist line. But this doesn't make any sense to me. They're talking about, um, uh, you know, like uh, different troops and how like there's a bunch of different troops all over the greater LA area and they mentioned the Beverly Hills troop that uh Shelley Long eventually takes over and she goes oh they've got more leaders than a banana republic I don't understand that <laughs> like if they're maybe talking about like 
managers and managerial positions like sometimes those are leaders but like what right like is there like heavy turnover at the banana republic like can they not keep employees like <laughs> i mean i would say i would work at a banana republic you're telling me i could get a like 15 percent discount on chinos i'm in yeah definitely why wouldn't you want to yeah um but yes uh she <laughs> she is a ruthless <laughs> character that i absolutely and- adore Fun fact about that actress, this was her last movie. And then she became a director and she directed Shelley Long in the Brady Bunch. There it is. That yeah, you got to it. It all comes back to it. Well, you you're forgetting uh so the the actress now director uh is Betty Thomas. And the movie that she made that was very influential influential in my life uh was the two thousand six movie John Tucker Must Die. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> um, I watched, I've watched the trailer a few times recently just cause I can't remember if it's a good movie or not. And I don't think it is. I think everybody is kind of like, yeah, that was garbage. And, uh, cause I, I, that movie came out when I was relatively young. So in my head, whenever I see, uh, any, thing involving the actor that plays john tucker jesse metcalf i'm yeah. like oh the biggest star in the world and then i'm like oh yeah i mean he's he's doing his own thing but he's not like the guy yeah he really should have just stayed on desperate housewives like he should have ran that he really should he was seasons. was he what like um uh who, like terry hatcher's son right no he was eva longoria's gardener that she was sleeping with oh right 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 which we just look over the fact he was in high school at the time, apparently. But <laughs> no, this was this was the early two thousands, and yes, <laughs> who cares? Um, God, I sh- should I watch? Should I rewatch Desperate Housewives? Or yes. we're at that point. We're at that point of one hundred quarantine. If we're talking about just like trashy camp, I mean, come on. <laughs> I decided to rewatch Desperate Housewives because I needed like a nighttime soap. Mm-hmm. And so I was rewatching it, and in the middle of rewatching it was when all of the stuff with um, Felicity oh, Huffman, name? yes, with Felicity Huffman happened, and like randomly, like that turned into everybody was supporting her, but Terry Hatcher, everybody made a public statement. Terry Hatcher stayed silent, and I was like, I picked the perfect time to watch this. <laughs> like, I was like, it's relevant again. It's even more desperate. Oh, and then is I don't know if if I just made this jump because I was, I was young or something. But wasn't the whole success of Desperate Housewives the reason that all of those reality shows were called the Real Housewives? Yes. Okay. So it Great. started with the OC, that show that mm-hmm. caused them to make the show called Behind the Gates which was the real housewives of the, which turned into the real housewives of OC. So all kind of tied together. They all kind of work together. Okay, cool. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy because I've had that in my head as an indisputable fact for decades. Not crazy. And if you watch season one of Desperate Housewives and season one of the real housewives of Orange County, they're wearing the same exact clothes. Wow. Like, so somebody was just, like, in Laguna and, like, shopping at those stores and then dressed everybody on Desperate Housewives. Oh, for sure. Um, but, I mean, you can't deny that the theme song for Desperate Housewives, it slaps so hard. Yes. And, like, the animation. Oh, speaking of 
one of three yeah. with animated <laughs> entries. <laughs> oh man. I like I have such a specific memory of my mom and brother like binging Desperate Housewives like before like binge watching. So they would rent a disc from Blockbuster, watch it in like a day, and then would run back to Blockbuster to get the next disc. Wow. And that's tough because they would only have like three or four episodes on a disc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we had the more basic uh, membership of Blockbuster. So like we can only have two DVDs out at a time. So like it was really hard and stifling for us. I'm so sorry. You didn't grow up in posh Beverly Hills. Where no. You just buy the set. Oh, <laughs> I would. That that actually reminds, that was a weird habit that I had as a kid too, where I would buy just seasons of TV shows. So like, I know like season three of The Simpsons back and forth because I I had like all twenty something episodes on DVD and I watched it so much. Uh, so like any other season, I'm like, what is this? episode yeah. but then season three i'm like oh the one where bart uh has a radio and falls down the well i know it yeah. um <laughs> but yeah uh my mom one time i like bought a season of how i met your mother and my mom was like what no why did you buy this and then she made me go back and return it Ooh, ouch <laughs> but i mean maybe she just like foresaw the streaming landscape that we now are trapped in. Did you buy like season one or did you just buy like a middle season somewhere? Well, I had bought, <laughs> we we had, I think the first two seasons or so, but then I think we were kind of over like buying DVDs. Cause it was like, okay, we have the blockbuster buy us red boxes existing, uh, whatever. And I just bought it. And I just remember being like, that, why did you do that? That right. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the, also, like just a question for you is is the freddy a dance like when they kept doing this dance where they're just like hopping on one foot i i i have no recollection of that being a dance that anybody did i don't remember it i feel like it was probably like a dance that they just made up for the show or for the movie but it like was in line with every other dance that was happening at that time yeah so I was I just like kept staring at Shelley Long's face when she's just like just dancing with a big smile and just like <laughs> back and forth hands waving. Um there's also I I think legit my favorite part of this movie is when the troop of Beverly Hills go to get um like a spa makeover and there's like an 80s glam remix of Kumbaya in the background. So, yeah, so that happens throughout the movie. Like, that happens at the end, too. I didn't catch it at that time, but I heard it at the end, and I was like, what? It's, it like, it, like, confused me every time. There's also uh, a pirate version of Row, Row, Row Your Boat when they're doing the uh-huh. ba- the merit badge ceremony. So there was no, like, theme song for the movie. You know how like the like '90s movies always had like a song. Yeah, like, well, I mean, just, arguably I the didn't spend the cash. I mean, they had like this whole long song sequence for the beginning of the movie itself. Oh, uh, that's true. But I guess I... it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a motif that was carefully woven through the entire uh, film. Yeah, I was looking for something a little more curated. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> and that's like the biggest thing. I'm still waiting on the official companion soundtrack to tro- for Troop Beverly Hills to <laughs> drop. <laughs> did you ever watch the comeback? Yes, I did. 
Okay, so my husband brought this up and then through the whole movie, like it's all I could think. He was like, do you think Valerie Cherish would have gone in for this role? And I was like, oh, 100%. Uh, <laughs> like Shelley Long looks like Valerie Cherish. I know. And then I started thinking, I was like, oh, I wonder if she like based the character of Valerie Cherish off of Shelley Long. That's like, interesting. I It tracks because Valerie's whole thing, and I haven't seen the comeback in a while, but it was like she, she was in a star of like an 80s sitcom and then, like, she kind of got washed up. And, I mean, luckily, Shelley Long is not that. Um, but I guess it was just kind of, a, like, Shelley Long was, like, the woman of the 80s. Right. So I wonder if she just based her. I mean, like, if you watch, like, I don't know, just ev- the facial expressions, like, the... I guess it was just the writing, too. Like, I really saw it in the scene where um, it was, like, their first camping trip and it started to rain. Mm-hmm. and like just how like she had to like crawl across the <laughs> mud and it was like so dramatic and then like she comes up and she has the um fondue like in her mouth and she's like <laughs> and then one of the girls is like i don't want to see that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh holy shit no that's crap okay if i if i ever watch this movie again which i i don't know um <laughs> i definitely have to use that lens now because that is like absolutely perfect um, uh, I wanted to bring up real quick that there's, uh, a weird, uh, cameo by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. When was he in it? He, um, when they're going door to door to sell cookies and I think there's a, f- like one or two other celebrities that I didn't really recognize. Um, but, uh, he, he opens the door and he's like, oh, sorry, I can't give you any money. I just bought from some of your friends. Bye. And then he, <laughs> he closed the door. <laughs> yeah that was when the red feathers were like right ahead of them and yes. again i was like okay well they're just out there selling like i don't know what to tell you like mm-hmm. yeah they tried their best um yes. <laughs> let's see i'm trying to think of what else there is in here oh uh one just little moment that made me very angry is uh um uh uh shelly morrison as rosa says patches we don't need no stinking patches and like this character is given bad lines and stuff to do but that was just the epitome of like oh that's that's what she has to do now right they were like okay let's she's do a line let's have her in (laughs) like yeah that was ridiculous um Because then also, but she does have one good part earlier, like at the very beginning of the movie where she finds out that they're getting divorced and she freaks out more than the daughter. And like, I, I have that. I said, why do they care more about Rosa than Hannah? Like, yeah. Well, Hannah like- is so well adjusted. She's like, I don't want to have a divorced parents because I don't want to go to therapy two times a week. Right. As she's on a balance beam in like an ill-fitting unitard. Like- yes. <laughs> I do like that that kind of comes back at the end, except it's revealed that she just sucks at balance beams yeah. to begin with. Um, uh, I'm trying to think uh, real quick. Are, are there any kind of uh, last things that we missed before we kind of uh, wrap things up? Uh, oh, we missed the entire, um, what were they called? The um, Oh, the games or whatever game. at the end? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's a classic thing of like a oh, culmination. Oh, Jamboree. Yeah, a catchy yeah. name. <laughs> but just like uh, the girls uh, have to test their skills and Shelley Long and the gang uh, from Beverly Hills are like, you're never going to do it because you're all concerned about shopping and four-star hotels and then 
they all come together despite all of the uh, meddling. Yes, and then they save what's her name, Belma. Bel, yeah, the a really catchy name, uh, Velda <laughs> Plender. Velda, yeah, <laughs> they save Velda because she hurts her ankle, which also miraculously gets better when she gets there because she starts storming all around the stage and then like quits the wilderness girls and wants to start. Um, what are they? Um, Velda's. She came up with like a bunch of names, like on the like fly. some like basically girl marines, and then yes. she ends up working at uh, Kmart because that's Kmart. a common threat that she gives to her assistant Annie, uh, who's played by Mary Gross from like the mid '80s SNL. Um, so that's fun. She was also on Sabrina, which I love Sabrina. Yeah, and what an awful like blue light special that she got to advertise. It was cookies. <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh yeah that was all like the, a, she she basically looked at the camera as like and the special on aisle 15 cookies wah, wah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah uh but i guess now's the time as ever uh so now's the part of the podcast where we uh rate everything on a scale of zero to five uh you know be as specific as you'd like with your numbers and decimal places and all that good stuff so um anthony what what would you like to rate uh true beverly hills today i will rate it as a 4.32 because it's a good movie it's a happy movie um I don't think that Shelley Long had to get back with the Muffler King in the end. I no, that liked... that was weird. Um... Yeah, I would have liked to see her single and dating, um, maybe in the next movie. And uh, I feel like she has. <laughs> yes, maybe that's why there wasn't a sequel because they left. They closed it up too soon. <laughs> Everything was too tidy. <laughs> But yeah, that's yes. th- I mean that's a that's a br- very good score. Me, I'm I'm actually pretty much in the same boat with you. Um, I'm giving it a, a, a 3.94. Like, I think I, I was pleasantly surprised for a movie that I didn't know uh, at all. Uh, it's also, you know, I'm happy to be back doing podcast stuff again. And, uh, but yeah, this was just like, especially because I've, I saw um, Death Becomes Her like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like this, this just like really just, snack like was just a lovely snack to go along with uh that movie um so crunching the numbers um you and i our scores uh averaged we're giving troop beverly hills a 4.13 which puts it in our rankings uh just a little bit below the claymation movie chicken run and Uh. and just slightly above uh labyrinth Oh, wow. Which, talk about another, okay. like, campy movie uh, to go along with. But, yeah, numbers don't lie. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, Anthony, thanks so much for, for coming on and, t- and chatting with me about this movie. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug or, or point people towards? Um, I have nothing going on. I'm on Twitter, abaron1604, um, which will now shift back to just random jokes and observations instead of manically retweeting any political article I can find. So yeah. Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited for dumb bits to come back instead of just uh, in all caps, writing this over and over again. Yes. (laughs) I started adding the um, hand or finger pointing down emoji to my, this. Oh, okay. So I could give it my little own flair. 
I like that. I'm starting to do the thing where I cross post on Facebook and Twitter like a little scoundrel. Ooh. So you know what? Follow me so you see my posts multiple times. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, as always, you can follow uh, follow this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at KidFlixPod, and leave a rating and review on iTunes because that helps us out. But that is all for today. We will hear you in a fortnight. And go, go, Gadget, end show.